regardless of what, you know, the mistakes, the, the failures, the moments where you didn't feel like you really showed up, how can you focus on all the good and recognize that all of those things, the, the mistakes and the successes alike come together to make such a beautiful masterpiece? From the University of Alabama's Colorado College of Business, it's Bama Means Business, a podcast that reveals amazing stories from those people who both inspire and make a difference in our community. I'm Cole Stevens, and on the show today, Kendall Roden. Kendall is a graduate of Alabama Colorado College of Business, and she's back visiting, talking to students about her experiences inside of Colorado, but also afterwards working for Microsoft. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to be here. It's interesting being on the other side since I have I do have a podcast that I co-host. So it's always fun being able to come and actually be the guest. And what's the name of that podcast by any chance? The Azure Podcast, all about the cloud, the Microsoft cloud. So if you're interested. Of course. Everyone give her a listen. Yeah, I think give we have a, a couple hundred episodes that are up there, so maybe <laughs> a little more than mine. Uh, but you currently are a senior specialist at Microsoft, correct? I am. I am. Been at Microsoft now for just a little under five and a half years. So So you graduated from Alabama in 2016, correct? 2016. That was the year. That was the year I graduated. What was your major in by a chance? I majored in management information systems through the Culverhouse College of Business, which is, I assume, why I'm here. And I was an Italian minor, actually. So that was a fun little little add-on just just for fun or was that italian just like something that you put up naturally and you're fluent in? just love pasta no i uh <laughs> yeah, me too <laughs> i went to i went to school in texas growing up and they basically put us through spanish ever since you're in elementary school so i knew when i had a language requirement in college i wanted to pivot and do something a little bit different and I've always loved Italy and I loved the idea of being able to to study a new language. And so I picked Italian and after a couple of classes, I knew I wanted to study abroad and thought I'd just go all the way for the minor. That's what we're talking about right there. And your time at Alabama was filled with a lot of different things. Could you highlight some of your favorite things you did while you're on campus? Sure. Yeah. So I know we talked a little bit before the podcast. I don't think I have any shortage of of involvements uh, to, to go down the list of, but I definitely can highlight a few that I think stuck out to me when I was on campus. So when I joined uh, the university, we didn't have this this program, and hopefully it still persists, and you'll have to let me know. Have you heard of Camp 1831? I actually did it myself my freshman year. You did it. So I was a Camp 1831 counselor. Okay. So it was... I, I don't I don't know if it was the first year, but if it wasn't the first year, it was like within the first couple of years of its inception. So I think I actually was in the first class of of camp uh, of counselors. But I loved that because coming from Texas, Texas A&M is really known for having fish camp, which is sort of this big experience where you bring students to campus and help them understand the culture and and just get to know them on a more personal level. And so I don't know what your experience was like as a camper, but I just remember forging so many relationships with the other counselors. And it was really neat to be able to I feel like play the mentor role when I was still kind of going through my own exploration of who I was in college. So that was one of my, one of my favorite things. I also served as a, as a capstone. Um, I don't know if I would say capstone, capstone men and women is the group, but I served as a capstone woman for a year. And so that was a really unique experience. I was super passionate about the university. And so being able to serve in that way and give campus tours and everyone knows the, the capstone women as walking backwards and, and having the heels on and the pearls and things like that. So that was a really, really good but challenging experience uh, that I really appreciated. And then I was also 
a member of the Alpha Chi sorority and and super involved in the business college. So did Culver House Connections, did UA Blend. Um, so did did a lot of really fun things, learned a lot about myself and, and made a lot of friends along the way. So yeah, I'm not sure how you slept during your time of college. <laughs> I did. I did, but probably not as much as I should have. And to be honest, I still don't go to bed on time. I, I'm still a pretty pretty much a night owl. So that, that's all. Of us. That's all. We set an <laughs> yeah. alarm. We're like, well, I'm going to go to bed at like 10 and it ends up being like 11, 12. Oh yeah. yeah I'll, I'll wake up later than I yeah. thought I would. Or like the casual 2 a.m. where I'm just like, why am I awake thinking about, you know, X, Y, Z topic? But so when um, the ideas hit you the best, that's what I agree. Actually, I agree with that. No, it's, it's crazy. You said night owl. Did you find that out while you're in college? Like you just did better work at night after the sun went down or was it just nowadays you found that out? I, you know what? I think I've just never loved waking up early. I've just never, it's never been easy for me. I do wish I was a morning person because I do love getting a morning coffee and sitting outside and enjoying kind of the dewy grass. Like I still remember what the quad looks like early in the morning. That's one of my favorite things. I remember it would be like neatly dude and you're just walking through, through the quad. Um, but I've just never been a morning person. It's just hard for me to get up. And so I think I just naturally gravitate towards staying up later. And I was always trying to pack in something else, as you can imagine, based on the the laundry list of things I just, I just explained, I was always trying to add something uh, to the day and, and make it stretch out beyond 24 hours. Of course. And obviously going from Alabama graduating straight into Microsoft, that's a pretty big jump. Microsoft's known to be a very competitive company to get a job at. What that whole cycle look like for you or what that whole process look like for yourself? Great question. So I will give a shout out to um, to the Hale to the Hales who run the the MIS program here at uh, Alabama, they were just incredible about helping form partnerships with uh, a variety of different companies to come on campus and really give us exposure to uh, to the wide array of what you could do with a management information systems degree, which for those of you who aren't really familiar with the program, it's sort of bridging the business aspect um, of, you know, how a business operates and things like that with the technology side of the house, especially when it comes to kind of new product development or app creation. And so Microsoft, uh, we had a great gentleman named Ed Fisher, shout out Ed, I'll have to send this over to you who worked at Microsoft, who was just passionate, a passionate alum who really advocated for coming on site and recruiting from the MIS program. And so after hearing about the opportunities at, at Microsoft through Ed and, and going through the screening process on campus, I had the opportunity to fly to Charlotte, North Carolina for a final interview day. And uh, the rest is history from there. That's awesome. And like you said, you've been there for a little under five years, but what brings you back to campus now? Other than obviously an amazing football game yeah. where we, obviously you brought some luck to us where we won that one, but what brings you to campus? Yeah, so I, w I wish I could say it, w it was a blowout this weekend, but, you know, it wasn't. It was a close game, but, hey, a win is a win in my book, so happy about that. And I actually found out that I had the opportunity to come back to campus less than maybe a month and a half ago. So uh, Jamal, who uh, I believe is also featured on the podcast, and you all will be hearing from him if, if you check that episode out. He is also an Alabama alum, came through um, came through the you know, Alabama back in the, in the nineties. And he ended up at Microsoft, I think four years ago. And Jamal had formed, uh, you know, a mentor mentee relationship with an Alabama student. And through that decided he wanted to create some kind of mentorship program. And we both spoke on a virtual event, maybe, you know, two months ago to business students at, uh, at Culver house. And, he reached out to me and kind of articulated his intention with creating this program. And I said, Hey, you know what? I haven't really checked in with 
the MIS program at Alabama, and I loved Culver House, uh, was involved in Culver House Connections, which was kind of a group helping establish connections with students to corporations when I was here. And so I said, hey, you know, if you're going back, take me, right? I went through the college hire program. I know what it looks like to get hired straight out of college, what some of the challenges are, how to help students be successful. So I did a little research myself on just how we're recruiting in this new day and age at Microsoft and, and brought that to supplement Jamal's, you know, visit. And so I've had the opportunity to speak to, to some classes yesterday, business honors. I was a student in business honors, so it was fun getting to see uh, Dr. Hegum, who uh, was someone who I look up to and admire a lot. And so being able to see him and talk to those students, and then I'll be speaking to some MIS students today as well. During the time you started at Microsoft till now, we're trying to help out sort of that mentee mentor relationship program. You have obviously experienced uh, COVID in the sense yeah. of being a lot more virtual, being forced virtual before where you were doing that before everything hit, correct? Yeah, so I can give a little bit of backstory on this just really quickly. So I know for a lot of people, this move to remote work is... Uh, has been challenging and has come with a lot of a lot of different factors to consider, whether it's even just companies being able to empower employees to work remotely because not a lot of people had the technological capability. Um, and then also just bringing work and life into the same room, right? You're eating, sleeping, working in the same environment. And that was something that I got exposure to really early on in my career. I think I've been working partly remote since I started at Microsoft. And I would go in occasionally to the office in Charlotte where I started. I am now relocated to Dallas, but I had a year and a half long project when I started at Microsoft that was fully remote. There were no people local where I was on the project. And so I actually paid to go work at a co-working space in Dallas because I felt it gave me some of the social aspect of having a, uh, having a workplace and meeting new people without having the constraints that a traditional workplace would provide, which is I have to be there at a certain time or, um, you know, sit at a certain place. And so I think a lot of people now are experiencing why I would say, hey, you know, working remotely is a double edged sword. I think in the beginning, everyone was like, you get to work remotely in your pajamas all day. Like you're, you know, you should be grateful. And I think there are a lot of benefits to working remotely, but I did have a lot of a lot of practice. So I was kind of aware of what maybe some of the downsides were as well. Um, so yeah, but COVID, COVID has been challenging because I was traveling pretty much nonstop beforehand uh, for work. So I was flying a lot, meeting my team, going to Seattle, California. Um, and so I had been doing travel work for around a year and a half when COVID hit. And so being fully remote once again, knowing that I had already kind of had an uphill battle learning how to do that well, um, I was not super excited about, but I know I was fortunate to have the experience before and work for a technology company that I can essentially work from anywhere uh, to do my work. Is there any one piece of advice you'd give someone who's working virtually or remote right now that's really helped you out with this whole process? I, I wish I could be the person that says, hey, just make sure you're taking walks and that you're drinking enough water and that you step away from your computer. I don't really think I follow any of that to a T and it's just because it's so hard. Um, you know, on any given day, some days I forget to eat lunch because I'm sitting at my computer so much, or I realize I haven't gone outside and it's late. Um, but I will say, um, I hope that your employer or your manager, if you haven't had this conversation understands you as a holistic person, because I think that helps make the flexible work style more, uh, sustainable. Because for me, I'm lucky to work at a company where if I have to 
go to the doctor in the middle of the day, I'm empowered to do that. If I want to come on site to the University of Alabama and I'm going to work later tonight, I'm empowered to do that. And so I think um, finding a workplace or even just having a conversation with your manager that says like, hey, I'm not doing great. And I think I'm going to have to, you know, uh, shift the way that my work looks or I'm going to, you know, I'm not going to be online in the mornings because of X, Y, Z. I think having that conversation and, and being your authentic self at work and, and making sure that you have a workplace that supports that is really critical to being successful. Because if Microsoft had a lot more rigidity around the role or my work style and still wanted me to work remotely, I think that'd be challenging. Also, turn the camera on. Like when you can turn the camera on, because I have found that the more that I've turned my camera on, the less isolated I feel. And I actually feel myself kind of finding my passion a little bit again, because I like being around people and feed off that. And so if you're one of those people and you find, hey, you know what? I haven't done any networking in the past month. Like I haven't reached out to, to anyone, like still set up those informational calls, find people at work that you can have the, uh, you know, informal coffee chat with, even if that is virtual. Um, because I did find that this, that most recently for me, the camera on and being more intentional about networking, even though it's virtual and having those touch points has made the virtual work a little bit less, uh, isolating. And one of the amazing things that sort of has come out of this is everyone's become a little more flexible, but also mm -hmm. open to this idea of video conferencing and video chatting, which has also opened up a lot more visitation and awareness because someone, a student in Alabama can talk to someone that's in Seattle, that's in Dallas now, where before people might have not been as open to it. And I think that's one of the big things that really brought this about and allows this kind of mentoring program to even be a possibility is this openness. Is that what you would say? 100%. I think I I wouldn't work for a company like Microsoft if I didn't really believe in the power of good technology and what technology can do for good. Like Microsoft Teams, for example, you know, uh, you think about like the days of Skype and now Microsoft Teams, just these collaboration tools that allow people to interact and connect in a way that, um, you know, they may not have ever done before. For a lot of people, this has been my norm in the tech industry, but that's not always been the norm for everyone. And so I totally agree with you, right? When, when technology is created to bring people together, I'm super super passionate and excited about that because it unlocks so many new possibilities and opportunities. Um, now, with that being said, I'm also big in the camp of not over pivoting and allowing technology to kind of become the lens through which we view everything. And so I think we're all guilty of, you know, being on our phones too often, being absorbed in social media or just on our computers all day and not getting out and experiencing the world around us. And so I still do hope for, you know, an eventual return to some level of, you know, offices. And I love that the campus is, is back. I'm sure the college experience would have been a lot different had you not been able to come back uh, to campus. And so I'm still hoping that we can make this technology work for us and enable these experiences without over pivoting to the point where we lose genuine, you know, human connection in person. Um, so that's, but, but hopefully we're coming into that with more with our eyes wide open about, hey, you know what, maybe it's not every day, right? Maybe we don't need to come in every day or we don't need to have every uh, meeting in person. So I hope it, it comes with more understanding without an over pivot um, and in summation of my <laughs> existential feelings about this. And being on the more technical side in the role of Microsoft and not necessarily being a recruiter like Jamal, one could think, why would you get involved in like a college program? What is your goal in being a mentor or coming back to an Alabama and wanting to help out current students? That is a really good question. And obviously all of these are great questions. You're a professional podcaster at this point. So I want to, I'm going to take a second to think about this. 
but um, not because I don't have an answer, but probably because I have a lot of reasons. I have a laundry list of reasons. So one is I always, one of the things I admire about myself and I don't brag on myself that often is that I'm very self-aware and I always try to learn from everything that I've been through or experienced. And I'm very passionate about being authentically myself, sharing the things that I haven't done well and the things that I have done well with the hope that it not only um, can help someone be successful professionally, but also that it can help them reflect inward and authentically look at themselves and, uh, and, you know, I don't know, be impacted by that. And maybe it resonates with them. and, And through that, they'll have, they'll be able to learn or feel that they can take something away from me without having to maybe experience that or, uh, or, or they'll trust me, right. They'll, they'll trust my opinion. And so I think the opportunity to have an impact on students going through such a crucial time in their lives, I can, I can relate, right. Five years ago, that was me. And I know how happy I am now and how proud the version of me in college would be of me now. And so to be able to go back and kind of show students, Hey, here's what's possible. Like you might not even recognize this, but you're growing into this like capable person. And here's some of the things that I learned, right? Here's the things that, you know, the pitfalls I had, the things that I would recommend, uh, here are ways that you can go be successful. And if there's anything I can do to help a student be successful and, and learn something or feel, seen or heard, um, then I want to be a part of that. And, and obviously I love Alabama, right? Like I love this school. Um, I'm just, I think it's just such a beautiful university. The faculty and staff and professors are just bar none. And so being able selfishly to come back and and be a part of this and, and understand what's happening on campus is also, you know, I get that as well. Um, so yeah, I'm always, and we want good talent, right? Microsoft wants good talent. I want people to know, how much opportunity there is at companies like Microsoft or within the tech industry in general, right? You don't have to be highly technical to come in and make an impact at Microsoft. And, you know, I've, I've been really happy there. So I want as many people to get in and and be happy. And, uh, as I, as I've been. Of course. And talking to current students at Alabama right now, what's one piece of advice that you would offer them looking towards the future? I have so many, like, uh, you know, I have so many, um, all, so this is actually funny. I was thinking about, you know, you would, you would kind of indicated this might be something you would, you would ask last night. And so I thought intentionally about this and I have a laundry list of things I'll say, but overall, um, I was reflecting back. One of my, one of my friends told me this and I thought it was a quote from something and I can't find the exact quote. So I don't know if he made it up and it's just really, uh, impactful or if it's sort of a, uh, a summary or maybe, a um, a high level of abstraction of something that was said somewhere else. But he said, um, I don't write poetry to be a poet. I write poetry because I have something to say. And we were talking about, uh, at the time, oh, you know, what do I want to be? Right. Like, who do I want to be? Do I want to be like an actress or like, would it be really cool to pivot? Like I did stand up comedy for a while. And so I like kind of trying out different interests. And he was like, you don't think about what you want to be. Um, and then, you know, execute instead you, you think about what you have to contribute and therefore you become that by living it. Right. And so I think it's a really good statement to just tell other students, tell myself, well, you know, I, I think you asked about other students. Right. Um, and, and I guess I still say this to myself as well. Um, don't do things just to do them. There's no point in spending your life doing something out of obligation or um, because you want to check some box. Uh, It's just not worth your time and investment, right? What is your unique 
what is something unique and authentic to you that you care about that you feel you can contribute to the world? And when you have something like that, um, you'll, whatever that turns you into, right. However that manifests, like that's going to come down the line by just the act of whatever, uh, that passion is and by executing on it and being intentional around it. Uh, don't try to achieve the outcome and the outcome be the reason why you actually take those, those steps forward. Right. If I want to be a comedian, start telling jokes, right. Start. I went, you know, I, I, uh, I went to like, a a daily or a weekly class to learn how to write stand up. And then, you know, I executed on that. And if that had been what I wanted to continue doing, it would have been joke after joke. And I would have become a stand up comedian, right? It wouldn't have been, I want to be a stand up comedian. How do I get there? And right. so I think reverse engineering that and thinking about, you know, what do you have to contribute? What do you care about? What do you want to be intentional about? What do you want your legacy to be? Just do that every single day and the outcome will speak for itself, which has been a lot like my career, right? I didn't think, oh, I want to be this. Instead, I just did good work every day and I let that work take me to where I am now. And now I've become, you know, what I, uh, what I become, what I am through, through the work of just being me every day and investing in the things that matter to me. Looking at your experience here at Alabama, looking back, obviously not out of regret, but out of advice, what's one piece you would give yourself? Don't be so damn hard on yourself. <laughs> I think uh, I did write a senior column and I know I'm plugging something I wrote five years ago, but I really do think it encapsulated everything that I wanted to say to myself. Uh, and essentially what that was is, you know, when we, I think a lot of students or at least myself, I came into college and I, I really did want this kind of paint by numbers experience was the metaphor I used, right? Like there wasn't room for error. You know, I was so hard on myself anytime, you know, I didn't get a club or, you know, I like got in a fight with a friend or I felt like I didn't meet an expectation. And I let that be the thing that I focused on the most when I was so, you know, successful in retrospect and had done so much and, and made such an impact. And so many people, I would say, think very highly of me. I saw myself through a much more negative lens because I just, it wasn't perfection. And I, the kind of the culmination of that was like my paint by numbers experience kind of became this crazy modge podge, but I still painted something really beautiful. And it's still something I'm super proud of and would put up on my fridge and, you know, would frame. And so I think regardless of what, you know, the mistakes the, the failures, the moments where you didn't feel like you really showed up, how can you focus on all the good and recognize that all of those things, the, the mistakes and the successes alike come together to make such a beautiful masterpiece. And it's way better than what you would have gotten if you had just painted within the lines and ended up with kind of the same, you know, the portrait that you thought that you were going to build. And so that's kind of the, I, I go into detail about some of the, the successes, the high highs and the low lows in the article. But I think that's what I would tell myself is just, I think you said it best, just don't live life with regrets. Um, you know, we're, we're only, we're doing our best and we learn as we go and life is a constant evolution. And as long as you're always working to improve yourself, um, and learn from, from everything that you experience and all the people you meet, then you're just going to come out so much better in the end. So just don't be so hard on yourself. Being back on campus, what's one memory that's going to stick with you for the rest of your life that Alabama has given you? So I have two, one of them is more abstract and kind of more of a feeling because I think it's hard to encapsulate what it feels like, like all those nights of just like walking through the quad and just like, whether it was coming out of Gorgas after like a late night study session or, uh, you know, driving down the quad and like seeing the tree line and going past Bryant Denny after like a big game day, I went to two national championships, like I have so many great experiences, but there's, you can't quantify what it feels like to just stand on the quad and like see it and all of its magnificence. And like, I won't get teared up, I promise. But like, there's just something 
intangible about being able to see the magnificence of this campus and think through like the many times that I walked through all of these different places, the friends that were along my, you know, alongside. Um, and so that's just, I think just the experience of just standing in front of Brian Denny and just like looking out at the quad and having that moment of just like reflection on just the whole experience. So I think every time I drive up and see the quad, I get that same kind of rush of emotion, um, but a more tangible experience. And I talked about this when I, I know I told you I did a, a Tide talk, which is just sort of an organization on campus that hosts like these kind of Ted, Ted like talks on campus. I went to this like Alabama action abroad trip in Costa Rica and it was my uh, junior year. And I, we went to this uh, remote place and it was basically off of like Panama, Costa Rica. I don't remember the exact name of the actual conservatory, but it was like a leatherback sea turtle conservatory. Like that's what it actually was. And we became, I became so good of friends with these you know, people on this trip, um, who were all from kind of different walks of life on campus who I hadn't really known before a few that I had. And we just created such a, a great bond while we were there. And the last night we, um, it was called San San Ponsac. That's actually where it was. That's the exact location I remember now. And we got put on these, um, evening scheduled times to walk the beach to see if any sea turtles were laying their eggs so that we could harvest them and make sure that they didn't get poached um, and that the sea turtles could be protected until they were ready to like make their voyage out to sea. And I remember we walked on that beach from like 9 p.m. to 1 a.m. And I've never seen that many stars in my entire life. Like I've never, ever seen a sky that un like just unabashed, like no lights, no nothing. And that experience of just walking that beach and having conversations with the people that work there and, you know, the other students, um, we didn't see a sea turtle after my shift, but I went on the second one because I was like, I'm going to see a sea turtle. And within maybe, you know, a few miles or, you know, a couple minutes of going on that, we saw a sea turtle and the sea turtle. It's so amazing. I don't know scientifically if this is accurate, but it was a huge sea turtle. And when it was laying its eggs, it actually was like crying. I don't know if that's scientific or not, but it was, it was, a, and it was a very emotional experience to watch. And then the sea kind of sea turtle kind of like went out to sea and we got the sea turtle eggs, but it was like, I will never forget that trip. I'll never forget that group of people. And I will never forget that specific experience. Cause it just felt like something so beyond myself. Um, and that's something I'll always cherish because the university just provided me with so many amazing opportunities, trips, uh, study abroad, all these amazing people. So I'll, I'll definitely remember that one, but I think I, the national championships and all those, like I could list a million football memories. So I'll, I'll leave those. That's Kendall Roden alumni currently working in Microsoft. And thanks so much for listening to the show today. If you're not a subscriber, do subscribe to our podcast, wherever you get yours. And of course, check out our website at culverhouse.ua.edu to learn more about the Culverhouse College of Business and what it has to offer. And as always, roll tide.